You are listening to. You are listening to. You are listening to. Rural Voices, the Rural Youth Europe podcast. Hello and welcome back to Rural Voices, the Rural Youth Europe podcast. This episode is in collaboration with Mark Renaferma, who are the host of our 2022 Autumn Seminar here in Ireland. This event has been four years in the making and we are finally here. This Autumn Seminar is called Creating an LGBT Plus Positive Europe, Rural Out Loud, and it's focusing on making our organisations more inclusive for the LGBT plus community and how we can create those safe spaces for all of our members. In this episode you are going to hear from prep team members, experts and of course lots of our participants who have travelled from all corners of Europe here to Ireland. Spoiler alert, this is an incredibly inspiring episode with some just brilliant people who are all determined to create positive change. Let's get into it. Here's a little taste of what's to come. If one person learns something from it, or it helps them, then the whole seminar has been a huge success. All of our rural organisations and rural youth organisations, I think, really need to step up to the place and tackle. We talk about language and terminology because we think language has a real power and for making people feel safe and like they belong. Language has real power to promote belonging and safety for LGBT people who for so long haven't had that in a whole host of spaces. I know it was going to happen like when I did that TikTok or Instagram post about me being gay my mom came up to me and said are you sure you want to do this? Are you sure you want to do this? And I said if I don't do it Who's going to do it like they are the future decision makers, the future policy makers, the future change makers in Europe. They need to embrace that and push forward with their movements, with their campaigns that they created at the Autumn Seminar. Really believe in the work that they do and what they're what they can achieve themselves. So I have landed in Ireland for the Autumn Seminar 2022. I'm joined by Shane and Claire, two members of the prep team from Mucrinifirma. Shane, you're the Autumn Seminar chair and this Autumn Seminar has been four years in the making, is that right? Four years, yeah. The longest running Autumn Seminar I would imagine of all time. (laughs) Talk us through how, you know, this journey of how this Autumn Seminar comes to be in 2022. Um, because it's the 2020 Autumn Seminar, and that makes sense. Um, so we originally, four years ago in February 2018, we met with Rural Youth Europe, um, hoping to bring an Autumn Seminar to Ireland. Um, we kind of decided on the topic fairly quick because it was a topic that had never been done before. Um, and we're really excited to to kind of approach this topic. So it was supposed to happen in 2020. Obviously, COVID came along. Then it was supposed to happen in 2021 and COVID was still here. And now, thankfully, COVID is gone and here we are. Yeah, here we are. And I mean, Claire, participants have been arriving today. How how does it feel to see everyone coming together for this event finally in Ireland? Oh, it's so good. It's so good. It's, you know, they nearly seem so young and impressionable. And at the end, they'll be friends and they'll have great relationships and have forged paths that hopefully will guide them throughout other Rural Youth Europe events. It's just so lovely and it's they we know they're going to get so much out of it and hopefully they're going to 
give us as much as we can give them in terms of experience and yeah, uh, because it's all about experiences and, and them bringing us with them on, on their journeys. Yeah, and I mean, it is such a great topic. And I, I, as you say, I really think we're going to learn so much from each other. Shane, do you want to just explain, you know, what is that? What is the theme of this event? And, and why did we choose this specific topic? The name of the autumn seminar is creating an LGBT plus positive Europe. Um, hashtag rural out loud. And uh, so the reason we've come up with this team or well, we were working with Rural Youth Europe back in 2018 um, and it had never been discussed before. And it is definitely something that all of our rural organizations and rural youth organizations, I think, really need to step up to the plate and tackle. Um, I think the really good thing is most of the organizations or all of the organizations really recognize that they have to do something about it and they have to, um, you know, try and make their organizations more accessible and, you know, easier to be a part of um, if you're a member of the LGBT community. So that's kind of the aim. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, hopefully they will all be going away feeling a little bit inspired to try and create a little bit of change within their own organisation. We've got a packed programme of sessions and events all week. Um, Claire, do you want to say a little bit about what the participants are to expect over the next week? We want the participants to, to get involved with whether it be activities or sharing their experiences or making the words that we have on the slides come to life because at the end of the day we're not experts none of the prep team are we've done some training and we've prepared the sessions but it's the participants make it come alive really you know um like we have different ones on sharing stories listening to experts coming in talk about different terminology we're obviously going through the participants fears expectations and the different language that we would like to hear and not like to hear throughout the week the living library as well will be fantastic we have maria walsh mep um michal cullinan is a tiktok star uh, and i agree tiktoks uh icon in uh, Ireland uh, yeah. who came recently came out as gay and then we have Erica Coates who is a transgender farmer in Cork and we're looking forward to listen to their experiences and if one person learns something from it or it helps them then the whole seminar has been a huge success. Yeah, exactly. Our work is done. And we, we're definitely going to have some of those experts on the podcast. We're going to have, I'm going to have an interview all about the terminology and language that you're talking about as well. Um, Shane, this isn't just about the, the day sessions, this event as well. We've got a packed programme of evening entertainment and activities. Tell us a little bit about, about that. Yeah, so um, tonight there is going to be, we're inviting in a, a local Irish dancer who is um, actually... Uh, a world I, I don't know is she a world champion I don't think she was in the world she was in the world championships Amazing. and she's going to be taking part again next March I think in the world championships as well and she's going to be teaching everybody yeah. how to uh, how to Irish dance properly um, <laughs> not the way that some people have been trying to at, at Rural Youth Europe events in the past also on Monday night there is a surprise that the participants don't know about yet isn't there they don't um but so i mean obviously this podcast won't come out until after the event are so, you sure well <laughs> so what is happening on monday night so monday night where we have it down on the 
on the timetable as a karaoke night. Um, so we will have some karaoke later on in the night. Um, but earlier in the night, we are actually getting a drag artist yes. to come in. And when you say drag artist, do you mean uh, a professional or is this you? No, this is a professional. <laughs> <laughs> Because I wouldn't put it past me. Yeah. Okay, that's going to be a lot of fun. That's going to be very good, yeah. Really looking forward to that. Uh, it really is going to be a really packed week. We've also got a trip to Dublin planned, haven't we, with loads of activities there. Um, it's going to be a really busy one. Finally, Claire, what makes this week Irish? Why is How is this the Irish Autumn Seminar? It's very hard to even put into words. It just seems so homely. Even in the, we obviously have a bar in our fabulous venue and Shane standing behind the bar looking like an elderly barman <laughs> is essentially Irish. Thanks, Claire. <laughs> okay, we've cut that. <laughs> We're definitely keeping that. <laughs> It's a detail that doesn't change. <laughs> well, I hope you both have a brilliant week and that it remains stress-free. I know that you have an amazing and dedicated prep team behind you, so I'm sure it will go smoothly. Have an amazing week. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. So the Autumn Seminar 2022 is officially underway. We're going to hear from lots of the participants throughout this episode. And let's start by just hearing from some of them about their motivations behind applying and what it means to them. I'm Nikolai from Denmark, the Danish Forage. It's been so long time since I have been to events with Rui of Europe. And I saw the opportunity to learn more about the LGBT plus community, which we don't know so much about in the Danish Forage. So I saw the opportunity to come here and learn loads of stuff. Uh, so that's the main reasons why I came. I'm Elliot Solberg. I'm from Norway and I'm from 4-H and I use they, them pronouns. I really wanted to come because I'm part of the LGBTQ plus community myself, uh, but I wanted to learn more. And also I love 4-H and, and anything 4-H does. So I just want to join this. I've never tried it before, so I really wanted to go. I'm Michael and I'm from Switzerland, from the Landjugend in Switzerland. I heard about this autumn seminar at last rally and I just wanted to come to the uh, other rural youth event because it's so nice, all the rural youth events. But also, I, it's a big topic for me, the LGBT plus community which I'm really interested in. So I'm Stefan Evans, I'm from Wales and uh, I'm part of Wales YFC. Um, I think the topic was just uh, an amazing topic to be um, sort of learning about um, and discovering what to do with it. Um, but also I've been doing a lot of work in Wales YFC at the minute uh, to sort of normalise the conversation around LGBT+. Yeah, I'm Peter from Finland. Uh, Finnish 4-H. Um, I wanted to learn new things and meet new people. The topic is important to me uh, and I think it's like great to hear, hear how, how the things are in other countries. So my name is Enia and I'm from the Latvian 4-H. I believe that the Latvian society is kind of new to the whole LGBTQIA uh, community and all of the topics surrounding it. And I think that the youth should be the ones that start to talk about it and start to create an environment that is inclusive and made for everyone.
So today I'm joined by Tilly Taylor from Shout Out. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. This morning you ran a session all about terminology. We'll, we'll get onto that in a bit, but do you want to start by explaining what Shout Out is? Mm, yeah, so Shout Out is a charity working nationally across Ireland. Um, we work to end the discrimination of LGBT people, and we do that primarily through delivering educational workshops. And we do that mostly in secondary schools and other kind of youth settings across the country. And we run educational workshops around kind of language and terminology. But moreover, we use that as an access route into conversations about experiences that the LGBT community are having, both here in Ireland and kind of further afield. And we also do a lot of storytelling in those workshops. So we do a lot of sharing our own experiences. Our volunteers share their experiences. And we hope that through the sharing of stories and education, we can promote empathy and spark understanding of what it means to be LGBT in Ireland and kind of introduce some positivity and some lightness to that conversation for young people as well. Yeah. And I mean, why is it important that we have this conversation about terminology and language when it comes to the LGBT plus community? Mm. It's a great question. We talk about language and terminology because we think language has a real power. We think it's really crucial in terms of how people move through the world, how they engage with others, how they engage with systems and spaces, whether that's secondary school or social spaces, whatever it might be, language informs so much of how we engage with one another, how we interact with one another. And it can be a really powerful tool for promoting empathy and inclusion and for making people feel safe and like they belong. Language has real power to promote belonging and safety for LGBT people who for so long haven't had that in a whole host of spaces. Yeah, exactly. And and there will be people listening to this who are a part of rural organisations. Maybe they are volunteers or leaders in their organisations and they want to start approaching this and starting to understand this terminology. You spoke about in your session about the LGBTQ plus umbrella. You mentioned that there are too many letters to go through all of them because there are so many. We'd probably need our own podcast series on that absolutely (laughs) would but I'd quite like to go through some of them if that's okay so kind of like a round of quick fire LGBT plus terms just so that our listeners can get a flavor of what we learned during the session yeah absolutely so the acronym that we use in our workshops is lgbtqiap plus and we use those letters because we think it gives a really broad range of insights into the kind of language and experiences of the community but we do note that some of those letters are umbrellas in themselves so um for example uh well i'll start from the top so L stands for lesbian, and we say that's usually a woman who's primarily attracted to other women, romantically or sexually. So we have that slightly broader definition. It makes a bit of space for the kind of diversity of experiences that we know to exist to allow that to be reflected back to people. So we say usually a woman who's primarily attracted to other women. Similarly, G stands for gay, usually a man primarily attracted to other men romantically or sexually. But that word could also be used to describe gay women. It's also often used to describe the culture more widely. So again, that's one of those words that has multiple meanings. B stands for bisexual, and that's um, people who are attracted to people of all genders or attracted to their own gender and others, perhaps. Um, There's kind of a few ways to use that word because often it's kind of thought of as only being attracted to men or women. Mm -hmm. But we know from our on-the-ground experience, from community, from research, that in reality, bisexual people can be attracted to folks of all genders. And that's kind of the the experience that we're seeing. T then stands for transgender. 
And this is anyone whose gender identity is different to their sex assigned at birth. And here we come to one of our umbrella terms. So under the word transgender, you might come across experiences of being a trans woman, being a trans man, being non-binary, being another gender, there's gender fluidity in there. Historically, we have kind of uh, gender identities like Hydra people in the Indian subcontinent. That This is an experience that like we have new language for, but the experience and the stories and the records of people who are non-binary or some version of that go back across centuries, across different cultures. So that's what we mean when we say there's these kind of umbrella terms in there that the word transgender might catch a number of different identities. And sometimes we risk kind of homogenizing the experience. We risk uh, making that experience smaller because we're capturing lots of different people with one word. But actually it's a useful phrase or a useful word, and there's a lot of these in the community, for kind of moving conversations, yeah. for engaging people. But we always like to talk about the nuance within that in our workshops. We think it's really, really vital that we understand that trans men, trans women, non-binary people, people of other genders have a lot of specific and nuanced experience as well. I mean, if we think about um, cisgendered men and women, there's so much diversity of experience there. There's so many different things. So why would we think that trans people are any different? Yeah. There is also that range of experiences. So that's what the T stands for again. Brilliant. And shall we finally do the Q? Yeah. For queer? Absolutely. Queer is my favourite one, personally. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this one I've always been a little bit confused by. Yeah, so... The word queer does cause confusion for people and quite rightly so. Um, in terms of what it means, it can mean a few different things. So queer can be used to talk about the community as a whole in terms of culture, in terms of history, in terms of politics. It's kind of used to describe the movement of LGBTQ plus people across time. But also you might hear about like queer culture now. You might hear about queer musicians, queer artists, queer bandits. It's kind of used to describe the culture that goes with those identities but it can also be used to describe an individual's identity. So I would describe myself as queer because I think it allows a lot of space for fluidity um, and for shifting and changing in terms of who I experience attraction to that's shifted and changed over the course of my life. And that queerness or the word queer allows that space for it without being too prescriptive. But it's really important to note that the word queer has some sensitivity for people with really valid reason. It has historically been kind of used as a slur. It's been used to put people down. It's been used to mark people as different or strange or other. And in recent years, what's happened is a lot of people have said, maybe we're different. Maybe you think we're strange. <laughs> maybe our lives look an other way, not the norm or not the expected norm, but that's something we're really, really proud of. And it's something we want to take away from the arena of shame. We're not gonna feel shame about it anymore. We're gonna feel pride about it. We're gonna be really proud of it. And we want to reclaim that word. Mm. So that's why a lot of people are using it now to talk about their identity and talk about their culture with a real pride. Yeah. It's really heartening to see and it's really brilliant to see. But we just have to be a little bit mindful that for some people they have that lived experience of it being used as a slur. Yeah. So I use it to talk about culture a lot. I use it to talk about history. I use it to talk about perhaps activism, but I would never use it for an individual unless it's something they're really proud of and they use themselves because of that sensitivity. So it does cause confusion for people. Um, and that's because it has a confusing history in the past. Um, but it's really heartening to see people have the power and the space and the ability to reclaim words and to reclaim the pride in their identity rather than it yeah. being a shameful thing. Exactly. I mean, this, this is all quite a lot to take in, isn't it? So it, there will definitely be people listening to this thinking, oh, this is all quite 
overwhelming. You know, for those people who want to do something about it, want to start these conversations, but maybe scared to offend someone or, or not sure what the right thing to say is, what is your advice to these people who want to do something and, and don't really know where to start? I think the first piece is around education. I think that in order to gain a fluency with the language or with conversations, you need to gain a comfort and that only happens through education. It only happens through awareness raising. So if organizations are kind of looking at this conversation and going, where do we begin? I would recommend looking to perhaps a charity or an organization working in your area, working in your locality, who offers these educational workshops to come into your organization and do the job of demystifying for you. Sometimes it's really helpful to have someone sit in a room with you and say, here's what the letters mean, here's what the language mean, and here's what the experience is behind that language. Here's the history, here's the culture, here's where we're at today, because you sometimes need someone to do that demystifying before you can get comfortable. And that comfort's really important if we're gonna create safe spaces for people, spaces where people feel included, spaces where people feel they belong. Mm -hmm. We have to, have that education first and we have to get a little bit comfortable with the idea that we might mess up and that's okay you know um it's better to try something give something a go and if you get it wrong simply apologize move along and learn for the next time people will appreciate that more than they will appreciate you shying away from a conversation too right and how can people uh, get more information about shout out Mm, they can find us online at shoutout.ie And on our website, you will find contact details for us. You'll find our social media, but you'll also find some resources. So if you want to begin that education piece, we have a terminology guide there. We have a guide to using people's pronouns correctly. There's a wealth of resources there between blogs, articles, podcasts, videos, where people can kind of begin that education piece in their own time as well. And if they want to learn more, they can follow us on social media. It's all linked there on our website and they can reach out to us directly as well. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much, Tilly, for joining us here at our autumn seminar. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much, Tilly, for that chat. Our participants got so much out of that session about language and terminology. So I really suggest taking a look at the Shout Out website if you want to know more. Something that we spoke a lot about this week has been the importance of being a good ally to the LGBT plus community. So let's ask the participants, what do they think makes a good ally? Hi, I'm Danny. I'm from Austria and I'm from Landtum Österreich. A good ally is basically everybody who is willing to educate themselves. And it must not be just people um, who are not um, in the LGBTQI plus community, but also people within the LGBTQI. Someone who listens, someone who is ready to accept that they are making mistakes. Ooh, somebody who wants to educate and learn for themselves and somebody who tries to understand and wants to do their best. A good ally is somebody who is there with you always, who won't judge you if you make mistakes, and who will help you and support you with whatever you're going through. My name is Philipp Messner and I am from Austria and I'm a part of the uh, Landjugend. Listening and supporting, I think. The, be- the really, for me, the thing everyone should do is listen. Uh, standing up for them, uh, maybe in a country where this isn't a com- so common, you need to be able to help them um, in a way for standing up for them. Someone that's being there for the community and 
still not might be a part of the community, but still be aware that the community is so important and be there, be open-minded and be there to listen. I think what makes a good ally is somebody that uh, shows uh, understanding, um, who can connect and build on sort of supporting those people who need to have that support um, you really don't know what goes on behind someone's um, face and mind and um, it's important to just uh, show support and not judge. Uh, so my name is Jack I'm from England and my organisation is uh, NFYFC. To be there but also to not let things slide so when someone makes a comment don't let it lie, don't let it just be in the background. Bring it up, talk to them about it. Why, why are they saying something like that? Hi, my name is Lissy, I'm from Austria and my organization is Landjugend Österreich. Just, just ask if you're not sure how you should act. Um, nobody will um, be, be mad. Uh, they, will sh uh, they will like if you show interest in them. To be respectful, supportive and strong enough to say it out loud. Hi Michal, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me Dan. You featured in a couple of our sessions this morning and you also joined us last night. I did. Um, how are you finding this event? I'm actually loving it. I feel like everyone's getting involved. Everyone's been so welcoming, like welcoming to me. Like I may have a few, maybe two drinks last night. <laughs> I'm hearing some people then go to bed till five o'clock in the morning. I was like, mm. and that's like, I used to be up at five. <laughs> and <laughs> exactly. I thought I was late. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, before we get into why you've been invited to speak during this event, do you want to talk a little bit about your background? Where, whereabouts are you from? I am from Roscarby in County Cork. It's a small village, just an hour away from Cork. I live on my family farm. We are mainly dairy beef five for the dairy side. We're making about 300 cows now throughout the year. And don't ask me about how many cows we have in beef because I don't know because the number is constantly changing. Yeah. And it's just myself, my brother, my mom and my dad that's on, that runs the farm like yeah. full time. Yeah. So, you're, so yeah, you're full time on the farm? Nearly, yeah. I'm, basically, I am. I live there. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, so now you are being dubbed as a TikTok star yeah <laughs> i'm still getting used to that title at the moment when i when i always forget when i post tiktoks people can actually see them publicly publicly yeah. like and then when i be out like socializing with friends they'd be like you're the one from tiktok I was like, yes i am yes. that's why i'm known as now yeah you are the tiktok guy from now on um so and also you've obviously got an awful lot of followers you've got loads of followers now where did all of this start just like everyone else bored them in lockdown yeah like, I was basically just stuck at home, and then one of my good friends, Katie, was posting them. I said, she's having a great crack. I see what happens when I do them, and I blew up ever since, kind of. So it's odd. What kind of stuff are you posting? Mainly farming and complaining about my dad. Because <laughs> whenever something goes wrong, it's always my fault, apparently, even though he's the one that leaves gates open and things. Can relate. Um, People want to search you now, listening to this. What do they search for? Um, So it's my username is mclan1996. It's not a very good username. I never knew I'd be this like popular on TikTok. I just like, throw a random number down. We'll, and that's... we'll put a um link in the episode description. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> and obviously you're here, you've been invited to our autumn seminar here in Ireland and um, you're here to talk about your story. You're an openly gay farmer. You spoke about it in the session this morning. But for those listening, do you want to talk a little bit about that journey of you coming to the point of accepting that and getting to the place that you are now? So I realised I was gay when I was young enough, like about young teens thank you to Sack F1 and High School Musical <laughs> yeah um, but as I say I always you come out nearly tr- I came out three times so I came out to myself first which, and then I came out to my friends and then the hardest one of course the family but everyone I'm so lucky that they were so welcoming and tell us the story of how you came out because it was quite a big week for you wasn't it <laughs> yeah and um, so when I came out well, it was tough I had a mental breakdown in the pal and my mom saw me voice asking what's wrong with me like and I said oh mom I'm, I'm gay like I said that's fine that's grand but on the same week I passed my driving license so that when my aunts were all coming to see my nana and things they were coming up to me saying we're so proud of you and everything and in my head I thought they were saying they're proud of me for getting my license (sighs) because my mom never told me that she told all them that I'm gay oh my god so I was like but the the good thing is I didn't have to tell anyone my mom told everyone which is a good sign that she does support me like like she's not ashamed who I am and things yeah yeah definitely that must be such a sort of weight lifted from your shoulders um now that you find yourself with this sort of platform online and all these followers do you find yourself talking much about your sexuality on social media not really I don't really touch it that much because I don't mind talking about it but I also have to think of my family like because like it's their fam it's not really my fam kind of like but if I, I do post it will affect them as well like so I post art mentioned it all the time and then that's it and when you have spoken about it what has been the reaction what has the reaction been like 50-50 <laughs> like to be loads of pause as I when I did that coming out TikTok there like a year and a half ago there's like I always say there's this one comment that sticks in my head if I was your father I would have killed you and then my dad my dad's one of my big supporters he's just delighted I'm home milking the cows for him yeah but like if I was in a wrong mental state that could push me over the edge exactly and so how do you deal with that talk about it <laughs> like I know it was going to happen like when I did that TikTok or Instagram post about me being gay my mom came up to me and said are you sure you want to do this like, if, are you sure you want to do this and I said if I don't do it who's going to do it like that is amazing and and, and that is incredibly inspiring that you thought no no one else is talking about it so I'm going to because because the power of of visibility the power of having someone there that people can relate to is so powerful and there is bound to be people watching your TikToks who aren't in that space yet that they're feeling able to talk about it but knowing that there are people like yourself who are being authentically themselves is bound to be inspiring a lot of people. I mean, our, our participants this week are coming up with social media campaigns to promote LGBT plus inclusivity within their own organisations. You know, thinking about this idea of visibility and sharing LGBT plus stories. What is your advice when it comes to using social media? Where do they start? talk to the LGBT community get them involved more than anything like because they they do it every day and don't use it as a marketing technique actually make it more personal for them like mm-hmm. and look after them like yeah that is such a good point you know it's that idea of not just posting during pride month 
you know, this is something that we need to be including in our communications all year round. Don't just stick a rainbow on your logo during Pride Month. Uh, well, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. Honestly, what you do, I find incredibly inspiring. I think it's so, so important. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And I hope you've enjoyed your time here at the Autumn Seminar. Thank you for having me, Dan. So as we just mentioned, this week the participants were given the task of creating their own campaigns to take back to their home organisations that shine a light on the LGBT plus community and help promote inclusivity within their organisations. Here's just a taste of some of their plans. So I'm Sofia and I'm from Sweden and Swedish 4H. So we thought of the 4Hs are head, hand, heart and health and we thought we could play with the heart and connect that to love is love and love whoever you want. We do know that we are quite in the forefront of other countries with LGBTQ but we still know that we need to show representation and we have a lot to work on so we do want to show representation and have our members connect to something and still spread awareness so we're gonna do some posts with the definitions and terminology and some people who they can contact if they need help. Well, so we are in the midst of our planning. Um, We want to do a social media campaign um, to take baby steps to uh, incorporate that important topic in our youth organization. Um, But like um, our ultimate goal will be to also host workshops in um, all the um, organizations in rural youth Austria. I'm Esti from Finland. And I'm from Finnish 4H organization, which is for children and youth. Yeah, we were planning uh, of a Instagram post that uh, could uh, be good for our organization's Instagram uh, because they don't have a lot of this uh, topic uh, in their social media. So I've worked with um, uh, another part, um, member from NFYC, so we've been looking at um, sort of trying a new um, movement um, so we've come up with the idea of let's get better together so it's an acronym for LGBT um, and hopefully we can start sort of normalizing the conversation around um, the fact that there are many members and if not um, they, that we reach out to a lot of people um, in the community and um, be in that connection for rural communities because um, it can feel quite isolating at some times. I'm Lucia, I'm from Slovenia uh, I come from Zvezda Podržalska Mladina, uh, which combines youth from the rural par- parts of Slovenia. Uh, we plan to post some f- um, posts uh, on Facebook and Instagram uh, about uh, LGBT community, but also um, some uh, members of uh, LGBT community or from their members, the members of these organizations, uh, so they can know that um, these people exist, that they um, are really successful, they can work hard, that they are really nice persons and that we don't need to be afraid of uh, who we are and to show we can show this to other people. So our campaign is BUB Ally and we made it because we believe that it's really important to have allies, not just be like people who support the community, but also allies within the community because we all have to support each other. Be you, be ally.
Siobhan, we are at the end of the week. How are you feeling? I'm pretty exhausted. Um, (laughs) I have had um, a cold for the past week, so that hasn't helped. But um, exhausted in a good way is... um, it's such a, it has been such a special week. The work that the participants have done has been amazing. And I'm exhausted, but so excited to see what's going to come in the future. Yeah, so some of the um, participants will be listening to this episode, obviously, a month or so after the event has happened. What is your message to them now, now that the dust has settled on the event, but we're a few weeks further on? Um, what is your message to them now? I suppose my message would be to continue to reflect on what they have done during the autumn seminar and to remember that they are the future, that they are the future decision makers, the future policy makers, the future change makers in Europe, not just in their organisations, not just in their countries, but they need to embrace that and push forward with their movements, with their campaigns that they created at the autumn seminar and um really believe in the work that they do and what they what they can achieve themselves. I can't even put it into words, sort of the kind of feeling that has been created over the past f- few days and the, and the past week. Uh, you know, I get goosebumps just thinking about it. I've never been involved in a group of people where they just feel so empowered to make some change, some positive change. Yeah, like, I, I, I don't know what words there is to describe the week. I've been to a number of events and activities down through the years and I cannot put into words what what this week has been. Um, Obviously, we we were nervous. You know, the the topic is relatively new. Um, We're not experts. Uh, We did get expert um, support in. Um, However, day one, they arrived Saturday afternoon. By Saturday evening, they were one big group. And, I mean... I was in, I, I've been in awe at the participants all week because they are amazing individuals who supported one another, who helped one another, and it's just beautiful to see. And what what is your message to those people that weren't fortunate enough to be here this week? You know, the, the people that weren't at this autumn seminar, but listening to this, what is your message to them? I suppose it's, it, it, I suppose it is to look at the opportunities that are available to them, um, to not be afraid to say yes. Um, I'm a huge advocate of trying out something, whether it's getting out of your comfort zone. We have had participants here who have travelled alone. We have had participants who have never travelled overseas before. We've had participants who've never even seen the sea before. So I suppose all those people went out, of, you know, they weren't in their comfort place and they have all said what amazing experience they have had. And I suppose if we can learn something from this week is that we should all embrace these opportunities that are given to us. We've had two years of COVID where not many physical activities have happened. And now we need to drive and push forward with the future. And I suppose we need to really be seen to be advocating on behalf of our rural young members all across Europe. And this week has shown me that we have some great people in our organisations and I would encourage anyone to get involved, um, be it through regional, local, national or European level. The opportunities are, opportunities are there. 
They just need to seek them out. What a perfect way to end this episode, which has featured so many different voices throughout the course of this week. Experts, participants, prep team. It has been an honour to put this episode together. Well done on an incredible week. Well done to the whole team. Well done and thank you. Thank you for tackling that topic. It is so important and it showed me that it is um, possible to tackle the topic in rural youth groups. Thank you. I enjoyed every day. I enjoyed the first session the most when we were talking about how to create a safe space because I feel like that's when people really started opening up and we got to know each other really well. I mean, I love the people. I love that we have been able to create such a safe space for everybody. So I feel like everybody has gotten to share and be connected to each other. It's all of the people. I, I've never felt so comfortable with so many people and so many new people. It all feels like a family. I want to thank you uh, very much, the prep team. Uh, they made amazing work here for us and taking care of us very good way and we had very fun this week. Thank you very much. I really think the most special thing is the connections we built because I've never found a group where I really connected at the first uh, meeting and just looking at the people and the safe place we built is, I've never experienced stuff like this, where you can be yourself every moment. Thanks for this amazing week. You were so professional. Uh, it was amazing and I would really tell everybody just to try to apply for such a week. Yeah, prep team, you were amazing. Uh, thank you for all the time that you put in this project. Uh, it was really, really, really good. Uh, I loved it and really thank you from all my heart. <laughs> a big compliment to whole, the whole prep team. It was so great what you did. And I really liked the whole week and I know it was so much work for you all and thank you very much. Thank you for everything. It's, it's, been, it's been so amazing and I, like, I'm, I've been see, feeling so safe here and it's been so nice. Don't be afraid of being yourself. Don't be afraid of being different. Just, just go with it and you will find friends who love you for you. I think it, it's felt like such a close family here. Um, and we've got to know each other throughout the week and it's just been absolutely incredible and it's so sad to see it finish and I hope that we can all kind of carry on this movement together. Hey, this is Theo here. I'm representing Georgia, Republic of Georgia and Youth Organization Umbrella. Biggest joyful week in my life because I'm 32 and imagine like a lot of weeks I had but this is something I will not forget in my life and thank you. Oh my God, this question will make me cry. I would say myself um, to love more, to self-love, self-care and self-respect. We had a good uh, guest speaker when we went to Dublin that talked about my micro ingredients. And that was really exciting uh, to look back at yourself and reflect Hmm, is there something that I can do different in my behavior to avoid those kind of situations? Uh, my eyes have just been opened uh, and, and the, it just needs to be talked about more and it just needs to become normal. It was a fabulous job. They did a lot of work in it. 
especially when I think of Siwon. She was working so hard and I think we wouldn't be here today without her, especially with the hard, difficult two years of COVID, the different postponed and rescheduling, replanning. So, and also we here during this evaluation session from more than one person, it was on many Rule of Europe event. It was one of the best Rule of Europe event ever. You are listening to. You are listening to. You are listening to. Rural Voices. The Rural Youth Europe podcast.